Hey, Collateral Cinema listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. Just taking a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. Much like Collateral Cinema, we are a grassroots podcast. We invite bands from all over the world to come in and we dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you and there's tons of music every week so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast we look forward to having you tonight on the director's cut we celebrate mystery science theater 3000 one of the greatest television series of all times we list five of our favorite episodes and we also give another indie movie review so stay tuned the show starts right now Welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bongs, joints, smoke it if you've got it. What's going on, Robert? Oh, not much. Just glad to be back here doing another episode for Collateral Cinema. Yeah, Collateral Cinema Director's Cut, to be precise. And we're going to be talking about a television show that is really really near and dear to me in so many ways and it's a show that i kind of recently introduced to you yeah how many of these things do you have damn (laughs) i have quite a few box sets not to mention a lot of the individual releases yeah mostly from rhino and a few from the shout factory releases as well and this show actually came back on netflix not too long ago like new cast, right? Yeah, mostly new cast. It, it had Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt as the Mads, which is fucking amazing. And for those few people out there who may not be in the know here, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a show that ran close to 15 seasons, starting back in like the mid to late 80s. And it was essentially a show based upon a single person, namely joel hodgson named joel robinson in the series and later on mike nelson and he is kidnapped by mad scientists and shot up into space and these mad scientists they continuously show him just total shit tier b movies and in order to stay sane this person joel robinson or mike nelson is joined by robots that joel robinson built crotey robot tom servo cambot and gypsy and they go into the movie theater and they make fun of these movies like they just riff them all to hell and if you go back in the day and you watch a lot of the really early episodes like the humor left a little bit to be desired but it eventually kind of coalesced into something all its own and One of the things I really respect about this show is just its unwavering DIY ethic. I mean, Robert, if you look into the background sets on all of these episodes, you'll almost always see some interesting little detail. Yeah, some household item like toilet seats or dinner trays, right? What else? 
Oh, I think that there's a Darth Vader mask somewhere along the line. I'm not really sure. Oh, there's the there's those toilet things from like hospitals stuck on the wall, right? Yeah, yeah, the bedpans. Bedpans, dude. I remember seeing that. Yeah, it's just a cool set, man. Cool design. Yes, and it was all built on the spot by Best Brains Incorporated. Each and every set was designed and built with this awesome DIY ethic, as I said earlier. And also a lot of the costuming and a lot of the characters and the bots and everything, they're, they're really feats of puppetry and of set design and costume design, honestly. For, for a show of that budget and that quality, and they were churning it out like every week, I mean, it's really impressive what they did with this. That's pretty amazing. Just taking something from nothing, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost kind of punk rock in a way. I mean, it, it's a very punk show, I think. Like, in, in attitude and in humor and whatnot. Oh, it's funny. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, the humor, I mean, sometimes it can be a little dated depending on what season you're watching. But yeah. there's always something new and something funny to laugh at in retrospect. So I guess without further ado, we should just go ahead and get into our top five favorite MST3K episodes. And by top five, he means his, because I think I only picked two. Yeah, <laughs> we decided that we were just going to go by one list right here. And most of these, I'm pretty sure we've actually watched together, right? Yeah, some probably over and over again, just on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube and also from my own collection. Your and own, I have quite a few. Your own personal collection. Yeah, I ha I even have some of the out-of-print box sets from Rhino, actually. Now, where did you get all that? Uh, some of the original box sets I bought from, like, Best Buy, brand new back in the day. Mm. But other box sets I've just kind of found via CD exchange CD or exchange. other resale DVD retail stores mostly somebody else's personal collection right oh yeah I mean I remember going to CD exchange and seeing that somebody pretty much unloaded all of their mystery science theater collection there and I I slowly ended up buying all of it so oh, nice. wh whoever that was thank you uh, uh. <laughs> but we're gonna go ahead and start at number one and that is going to be quite possibly one of my all-time favorite episodes and and an episode that even the cast references quite a few times in other episodes and that is pod people this is basically an argentinian i believe movie that is supposed to be a ripoff of et it definitely has those et vibes right that simon says in there dude like from the commercials <laughs> yeah yeah not just the simon says though I'm talking yeah, about a lot of ET though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the actual creature effects, Damn. which is this really, really interesting looking character with the elephant trunk and like this really oblong head and and a furry body. Yeah, he looks like this weird Sasquatch humanoid pachyderm thing. Like I, I, I don't know, but I mean. It it has this, of course, this kid who befriends him, you know, i.e. the E.T. angle and everything. Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> and, man, just the way that they riff this movie is so much fun. Like, especially when that one scene comes up where Trumpy, they, yeah, that, that's what this kid names this thing. It names it Trumpy. Trumpy, dude. It, oh, my God. And 
And like I said, that is referenced in riffs on other episodes quite a bit. Trumpy Bear. Trumpy Bear. Oh, no. Don't no, bring that up. Don't bring up the Trumpy Bear. Jesus okay. Christ, not Trumpy Bear. Sorry. No, no, no. Trumpy is gold, honestly. He is a hilarious character, and I believe Crow gets in some interesting riffs on him, which was really, really great. And it also introduced some other memes throughout the series, like, for instance, the whole It Stinks thing and, and another recurring joke is there's this one character that looks like he's from a renaissance fair and everything and they keep on saying huzzah huzzah <laughs> huzzah <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the host segments in this are actually pretty fun especially at the end where joel hodson sings this interesting little song that's kind of inspired by the movie itself I mean, it's it's a fun episode, and I highly recommend checking it out. And I I don't know. I always find something to laugh at with that episode. Yeah, I mean, every time you watch one of these, it's like something new for the very first time again, you know? Oh, yeah, over and over again. It's like, it, it doesn't get boring, you know? It's a good time. Like, I mean, even going as far back as the early... Or, or like the mid-80s episodes. I mean, even with the dated humor, it's still just, just the way it fits in with the actual riffing and everything. It, it, it actually makes it funny, you know? It's pretty much like a, a commentary podcast. It, it almost is. Yeah, a, it's a like video, a film commentary. A video but, commentary but, podcast. But Pod People is a great movie. And it, it's, it's a movie that I would probably unironically watch without the riffing. And fun fact. This also has a Cinema Snob episode. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's under a different name, though, and it's in his uh, E.T. month special from a few seasons ago. And, it, it, yeah, it, it's funny. There's a scene where he's just like, wait a minute. It's pod people. It's fucking pod people. It's not E.T. Because, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's a total MST3K fan. So, I mean, what he does is kind of MST3K-ish anyways. So, yeah. But, yeah, that that's a great episode. And... This next episode is one I'm pretty sure I haven't shown you, Robert. And it's classic because MST3K did quite a few movies featuring this character and also this particular actor. And that is one of the Hercules movies. It was one of the Sandals and Swords movies from Italy back in the day. I think even Mario Bava has a credit in the production of this. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that movie is Hercules Unchained. And, oh my God, it, honestly, it's an entertaining movie in its own right, as cheesy as it is. Usually, the more entertaining the movie, the better the riffing on the episode when it comes to MST. And this episode is definitely an example of that. And it stars Steve Reeves, who was this bodybuilder from back in the day who kind of played a lot of these low-level uh, Hercules movies. I mean, I, I think that he was actually replaced in a couple of movies. I'm not really sure because the, the box that I have, it has two Hercules movies, but it, it's different. Like they have different actors. And uh, Steve Reeves is one of them. I keep wanting to say Hercules in New York, you know. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude. That very well may be a, a movie that we review here on Director's Cut someday. That's a snob episode, too, right? Yeah, oh yeah, that's also Hercules a snob episode. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. I mean, I'm surprised it's not a MST3K episode, to tell yeah, the truth. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah, that'd be great. But 
Hercules Unchained, I mean, honestly, Steve Reeves is actually great in his role. I mean, he's total cheese dick, but he's still really fun. And it, it, it's, it's kind of weird because it has this character that, I mean, I don't know if I'm confusing the two, but I believe that there's this character named Umphala, and she basically tries to erase Hercules' memory and then seduce him to be one of her male concubines. And in the end, he overcomes the brainwashing and destroys the queen's kingdom. And he stops this war between two brothers. It's, it's, it's actually a pretty cool plot. And like I said, man, the riffs in this are fantastic. Like, they just really lean in hard on Steve Reeves. Like, they make a lot of jokes at his expense. I mean, I, I wish you could have seen this episode, honestly. Like, it, it, it's a movie that, I mean, you really, really don't think that it's going to be that great, but it ends up being interesting, and I would love to see it on its own. And, and honestly, we might check it out sometime. Like, we're going to have to know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I need to show you the episode first. But up next, at our number three spot, is another classic, which also has a short that is all kinds of fun. It's a company video from, I believe, Ford dealerships, which is just uh, incredible. I think it's You're Hired or something like that. But the movie is called I Accuse My Parents, and it's supposed to be another one of those propaganda films from back in the day that was supposed to, like, you know, focus on a specific social ill and be like this cautionary tale to parents and everything. Exactly. Kind of like Reefer Madness, just a little less ridiculous. It's that early teen rebellion for like, what was that, the 40s? It's got to be the 40s. It's roughly maybe mid-40s. Almost 50s. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely 40s to 50s. I want to say there. 1947, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's around that era. And it's it's about this kid who has neglectful parents, they're alcoholics, and they only give a damn about themselves, and he somehow gets involved with a gangster, and that ends up blowing up in his face, especially when he tries to hook up with this gangster's mall, pretty much. Like, it, it, it's a pretty standard story for movies around that time, but, I mean, there's just something about it, like, especially with the whole cautionary propaganda angle that you know it gives us this aura of moral superiority that's unearned you know what i mean hmm. and and honestly just the the riffing in this of course is fucking great i mean I, I i love this episode so many ways i mean robert you remember when i showed this to you right yeah i do i just i remember him blaming his parents for like everything that went wrong in his life yeah, that, that's actually where the movie starts off. He's and, he's uh, at his trial for murder. Yeah. And before the judge gives him any sentencing, he's just like, I accuse my parents. I accuse my parents. Yeah, and, and he pretty much just tells the judge his story leading up to that point. And, oh, my God, it, it's just so much fun. Like but, something from the Twilight Zone or Tales from the Crypt? Maybe kind of, sort of, but no, not even Twilight really Zone. like that. Twilight Zone. No, no it, 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 like I said, it's more like Reefer Madness or the marijuana movies from marijuana. back in the day. <laughs> no, there, there's actually another propaganda film called Marijuana. Juana. Yeah, with, yeah, with the H instead of the J. That's funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's a really good episode. And our second favorite MST3K episode is an old school biker exploitation movie from the 60s. 
I mean, it, it stars Ross Hagen, who is another actor that comes up a few times in the MST3K canon of episodes. And he basically plays this cop or this uh, military guy who goes undercover after his brother has been murdered with his brother's fiance in order to infiltrate this biker gang who is running smack for this one drug kingpin. And basically it leads to this gang being dissolved and the drug kingpin being arrested and everything. But in between, it actually really hits on some classic tropes of biker exploitation movies. Like, like for instance, all of the, uh, the excessive uh, dancing and everything. And, and that one scene in the bar. I mean, it has this weird song playing and everybody's dancing. And I I think it was Joel and the bots. They're just going off on this, man. Like they're just naming all of these, giving all these characters weird names and giving them like this weird epilogue for, for, for each character. It's really, really funny. And it's one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. And and Ross Hagen, he's, he's, he, he, he plays, his character in such a way that it, it, it's almost difficult to even understand what the fuck he's saying most of the time, right? Huh. Didn't watch that again. God damn it, Robert. I, I thought that you've seen this. I probably had. Can't remember every one of them. Oh, come on, Robert. I know. I know. Ah, oh, man. My bad. Yeah, Robert, look, th- this is what happens. Robert just completely shits all over everything we do here, so. Yeah, I mean. Damn it, it, Robert. Take it or leave it, you know. But man, I mean, this this is definitely an all time favorite of mine. I love the movie itself. I I think that on my copy you can also watch the completely uncut movie as well. And that's actually some fun stoner watching, to tell the truth. Just the unedited, unriffed version of the Hellcats. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that the trailer for Hellcats has been featured in some of those Grindhouse trailer compilations. I mean, and that's all kinds of awesome. So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a fun episode. And that's why it's number two on our list. Number one is a movie featuring the man himself. Motherfucking Joe Don Baker, Robert. Joe Don Baker. Joe Don motherfucking Baker. The legend, man. The man. And, and of course, we're talking about Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen, which is, in, in Mystery Science Theater fandom, a classic. Like, like even Frank Kniff, TV's Frank, on Twitter, he constantly riffs on this movie all the time, Whenever, especially whenever Donald Trump, like, just tweet some random phrase in all caps. Oh, he'll God. just he'll just reply Mitchell. Okay. <laughs> all caps. And, and this movie is an old school cop movie, and that's what Joe Don Baker plays. He plays one of those gruff, take no bullshit kind of loose cannon character in cop movies and in cop series. Basically, he's like uh, what is it, Riggs in uh, in Lethal Weapon, <laughs> but he's a little weirder though. Huh. Yeah. And, and he's a little more aloof as well. But also Linda Evans in, is in this movie and she plays uh, a hooker with a heart of gold, I guess you could say. And it, it's fucking hilarious because she ends up sleeping with Joe Don Baker's character, Mitchell, in this movie. And when that happens, like, I'm trying to remember if it was Mike in the bots or Joel in the bots. But either way, they're, they're just fucking disgusted with this. They're, they're, they're fucking disgusted. They're just like, oh, no, why? 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 What the fuck? Actually, I, I actually remember who it is. It's 
Joel and the bots, but also this episode is kind of important to Mystery Science Theater because this is the last time that Joel Robinson, a you know, Joel Hodgson, the creator of the series, is actually fronting the series. Huh. Yeah, th- this was his send-off. And in the host segment, what it is is Gypsy thinks that the Mads are plotting to kill him, when in reality they're plotting to kill Mike Nelson, who is uh, a temp that they actually hired for the day. And, and, and so eventually Gypsy finds a way to get Joel in an escape pod that apparently the satellite of love has for some reason. And she manages to get Joel off of the ship. And this leads the Mads, Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank, to go ahead and knock Mike Nelson on the head and send him up there in order to undergo the same experiments with the movies and everything. So this is actually a really important episode in the series. Very important. And it's something that I think every fan should definitely watch. Although I don't really think that it should be an episode that you actually start the series with. But, I mean, it's important and it's also really, really, really funny. And, and the movie itself is funny because, I mean, come on, man. Joe Don motherfucking Baker, man. Right, Robert? Come on. Joe Don Baker. John Saxon? He's in here too, right? Yeah, that's right. John Saxon is in this movie. Another legend. Another, yeah, another motherfucking legend from Enter the Dragon and the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm pretty sure he did original Black Christmas was like 1974. Yeah, that's right. He was also a cop. Yeah, man. It's kind of interesting to see him in this movie because he kind of, he kind of plays a thug, right? He plays like a goon for this, for this drug or this crime kingpin that, Mitchell is trying to take down and Linda Evans is great in this. Like if you know anything about her career, I mean, she was mainly in the big Valley, which was actually a really, really good Western series from back in the day. She, that that was with uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah. She, she plays a pretty interesting character in this movie. I mean, like I said, hooker with a heart of gold and this movie is memorable in so many ways because of its total, you know, tropiness when it comes to cop movies. And, and that tropiness really informs a lot of the riffing and the movie itself, especially when Joel and the bot sit down to watch it. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is our list for our top five favorite Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes. This is a topic that we will definitely get back to. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to show Robert a lot more episodes than I have. I thought that I showed him a lot, but apparently not Just, enough. They're not really burned into my head too much because kind of jumping into it now. I mean, yeah, for sure. Probably should have done more homework. <laughs> Maybe Honest, just a little. Honestly, yeah, I should have done more homework. God damn it, Robert. <laughs> you could, I mean, you were at work. I know you weren't doing anything. You could have oh, been watching it then. I wasn't at work doing anything. Okay. Yeah, no, you, are, you don't do anything at work. Doing at work. Doing Come on. I know it's my, I know it's my experience, Robert. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to go into an indie movie review. So stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Intermission. Intermission time. You're hungry again, aren't you? There's no need to worry, Trumpy. You like that name, don't you, Trumpy? I prefer Milky Bear. And I won't let anyone hurt you. 
I named you after Andy. Donald Trump. Hello. <laughs> hey, look. Look what I got for you. Yucas. Oh, boy. You sure are greedy, aren't you? Wow, if you keep drinking milk like that, you're gonna grow really big and strong. Then we can play together. You know what playing is, Trumpy? Yes, it's where I break you in half. No? I'll teach you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have such fun. Foreigner. Oh, meanwhile, huh? in movie C... Uh, I think this is movie D. Oh. D for dumb. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh great. boy, how you've grown. Yeah, during oh, the cutaway, boy. anything's mm -hmm. possible. Keep growing like that and you won't fit any clothes. Then what are we going to do? Tommy! Mm -hmm. Come on down and eat your breakfast. You've got to hide. Uh, do you understand? You've got to hide. Tommy, did you hear me? Can you feel me near you? Mm, delicious kitty. Oh, ouch. Oh, kitty is like a potato. Oh, oh so nice. Mm. Oh, where do I start? It all looks so good. Little winged potatoes. Oh, ouch, that's my snout. Ow, let go. Hmm. This potato's got big ears. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a whole buffet. Well, new potatoes. Hmm. What's up, everybody? We are back with our first indie movie review in a long time. And we are reviewing a comedy short. This is like a 25-minute movie. And it's actually one of the more interesting things that someone has sent to us. Like, probably since Hectic Knife, honestly. Except not nearly that crazy. Right, Robert? Yeah. I remember that episode. Hectic Knife was freaking crazy. It really Jeez. was. This short is called Autumn Never Dies. And what's interesting about this movie is that, it, it, first off, it's a straight-up relationship comedy slash drama. Pro probably a little more comedy, right? Mostly Crank Anchor-style puppets. So. Yeah, yeah, th that's the other thing. It has puppets, but n not like Muppets-style puppets. They're more like no. hand puppets, maybe, right? Maybe like a sock puppet, right? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of closer to sock puppets, except they are a little more furry and more detailed. But they're, they're very simple puppets. Like one's an ostrich, the other one's a monkey. Right? Yeah, the, the ostrich's name is Danny, and I think the monkey's name is Nelson. And Nelson is quite a character, right? Oh, that's freaking funny. He's yeah. just this really crude, chav-type person. Yeah, by, by the way, this is also an Irish movie. It's definitely filmed in Ireland and everything, so it definitely has that sensibility to it. And I mean, Nelson's character is great. He's just a straight, nasty oaf. Like, just says a bunch of inappropriate shit to the woman that he's hanging out with. I mean, he's just a drunken lout, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and Danny is a little more down-to-earth. He's the ostrich. 
and I mean, at first you kind of you kind of don't really get a feel for what he is at first, but then it becomes obvious that yeah, yeah, that's an ostrich. It's like I mean, I mean, and that's what's funny is that none of these characters have actual bodies. It's just literally an arm in a puppet and everything, old school style, pretty much. But honestly, the writing is what really elevates this short. I think it, it was actually pretty funny and charming at times. I mean. I think that it could get a little into its own drama, kind of, but that's not entirely a mark against it. I mean, it's kind of the point, but I really, really like the comedic elements of this short. I really like it. Oh, yeah. A lot of adult humor. And, and it's a relatable kind of humor. I think I got like a an office vibe to it. You know? It almost has that kind of cringiness to it, right? I mean... The, and, and, the, the British version, of yeah, the yeah, and, version. and I yeah. mean, and I mean, cringy in a good way, of course, like like in, in a good humorous way. What else? I was relating this to like two other things, kind of yeah. like Shaun of the Dead meets the Muppets or something. Yeah, it has that Shaun of the Dead vibe to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like especially with with the humor and also the angle with the relationship, like like Danny or Danny Danny gets into this relationship with this girl named Lizzie. And he has an ex-girlfriend that he is kind of hung up on. And it it leads to an ending that I think is actually just about right. I mean, it's actually a little surprising. I mean, I kind of thought that it was going to end one way, but it didn't. So, I mean, I, I really like the characters. Like, like I said, Nelson is funny. But Danny, like I said, he's more down to earth. He's kind of really depressed. Like, he's seeing a psychiatrist and everything. But things end up well for him, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of has what I would say, I don't know, it's about as happy an ending as you can have for a story like this. You know, it, it's happy enough. It, it's also very grounded in reality. You know, I mean, sometimes things just work out that way. You know, I mean, you, you don't really expect how relationships will begin or end or whatever, but... You know, it, it still leads to a place where it looks like everyone's happy for the most part. But kind of, kind of have to go with the punches, really. Yeah, yeah, you have to roll along with the punches, yeah. and that—that's that, really what's at the foundation of this short. And I mean, the cinematography isn't, you know, the greatest, but it's perfect for this type of story. Still, you know, still good quality. Still yeah. great quality. Exactly. I mean, the puppets look really good on film. Oh, that was done pretty good. Like, it, it was done really well. Like really that, <laughs> a little spoiler here. Skip if skip forward a little bit if you don't want to hear it. But yeah, there's that one sex scene between the girl Lizzie and Danny, the ostrich puppet, and it's all done pretty much in shadow puppetry, <laughs> kind of in this blurry shadow presentation, if you will. I, I thought that that was an interesting way to show that between what is essentially a fucking arm with a hand and, and a fucking <laughs> ostrich oh sock and an and, and, and the girl, Lizzie, she's an actual actress. You know, she's an actual human being. This is one of those movies where you have, you know, the puppet characters and then you have the human beings as well. And they interact, you know, Muppet style pretty much. Jimmy. And, it, it has that Jim Henson vibe to it, right? Oh, yeah. Like the great Muppet caper and all those yeah, I mean, diamond, baseball diamond shit. I mean, may, maybe not so much like, you know, I mean, I don't want to fucking 
go that far, maybe, but yeah, I mean, not too far. It, it does kind of have a feel of like those early Muppets sketches, just maybe with some more adult humor to it. I don't know. Maybe we're talking out of our ass. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't know anything. Maybe else? not. I don't know. But I related to this movie, and I think that it's at least worth a watch. I, I give it about a let's say i'll just give it a four out of five i mean i i think that it's 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 definitely watchable it's got an interesting premise to it the puppetry is cheap looking on purpose you know it kind of gives it the vibe that they're going for and everything but i mean i i liked it how about you robert oh yeah it wasn't too bad really i mean kind of just went along with the adult humor and I don't know. It reminds me too much of Crank Acres. I don't know. Comedy Central type. <laughs> and The Office. And, uh, and The Office. The British, the British version. Of yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it has that vibe to it. I mean, what would you give this rating? Maybe, yeah, I would give it a 3.5. 3.5 uh, sounds fair enough. Honestly. Out of 5, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that with that, we can go ahead and wrap things up. I mean, we we, we kind of wanted to give more or less a brief review this time. I mean, like we said, we're trying to keep some episodes a little shorter than others, more or less. But anyway, when it comes to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Podbean, Chill Lover Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And also, be sure to look out for our next episode of Collateral Cinema. We're going to check out the Super Mario Brothers movie from the 90s. That's going to be cool, right? Oh, yeah. Remember, uh, what was it, MTV putting that video on, like, all day, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. John Leguizano, oh. <laughs> he plays Luigi, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, he plays Luigi. Yeah, that. that's a good that is a good movie. Yeah, and 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 being that we already did Sonic the Hedgehog earlier this season, I mean, it seems like a, a fitting way to lead up to the season finale, which will be Best Friends, starring Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero. Got Volume 1 and Volume 2 to review. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And we're probably going to continue with Collateral Cinema Director's Cut after that. Yeah, what's next for Director's Cut? <laughs> That's a good question. We'll probably have to kind of come together and figure it out. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe tell us from the crypt episodes. I don't know. Anything. Something yeah. like that. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. It is late at night, and I think Robert has to work in the morning. <laughs> so with that, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Oregon. Stay up, y'all. Lateral Cinema Director's Cut, out. Check you later. Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.